1: Hello, I'm Emma Duncan, the editor of 1843, The Economist's sister publication. You're listening to Babbage, The Economist's radio programme on science and technology. And this special episode should help clarify its rather esoteric name. We're exploring the life of Charles Babbage, British polymath, mathematical paragon, the man widely known as the father of computing, Born in London in 1791, Babbage studied mathematics at Cambridge University before designing a series of machines thought to be the world's first automatic computers. Although none were actually completed in his lifetime, he's celebrated as a pioneer of computing, maybe the 19th century pioneer of computing. Joining me to discuss the life and work of Babbage is Adrian Johnson, Professor of Computer Science at Royal Holloway University in London, and Doran Swade, an engineer, author and museum curator who helped bring about the construction of Babbage's Difference Engine at the Science Museum in London. So Doran, what kind of social, economic, intellectual context was, was Babbage working in? What, what was the England that he was working in like?
0: I think perhaps the most graphic way of conveying this is uh, through the words of Thomas Carlyle, the the Scottish philosopher and essayist. He, He called it the age of machinery. And he said that whatever could not be investigated or understood mechanically could not be investigated or understood at all. So mechanism was, if you like, almost a religion. In fact, Carlisle portrays it in that way. The idea was that there was no phenomenon, experience, or predicate that could not be exhausted by mechanical explanation. So this was like an explanatory terminus. So this was the age of machinery. There was new processes, materials, factories were pouring out products which filled the shops. It was an era of unprecedented engineering ambition.
1: And Adrian Babbage, intellectually, one of the most ambitious men of his time. In 1812, he developed what's considered to be the first computer, the the difference engine, as it was called. What drove him to do this? What kind of guy was he? Was it was it excitement, frustration? What was going on in his head?
2: You should think of Babbage really as a remnant of the age of enlightenment. And most people think of him as this Victorian engineer. He's no such thing. He begins as a Georgian engineer and the first major project is completed or at least paused before Victoria ascends the throne. His particular interest at university, it may seem a little esoteric, but it's at the heart of modern computer science, is is notation. At university, he found himself in dispute with the Cambridge authorities, who were very wedded to Newton's style of calculus and the way you write mathematics in that style. Babbage, as most modern mathematicians agree, found the continental approach much more conducive to reasoning about problems, which is what mathematicians and computer scientists do. And he really went to war with the Cambridge authorities and quite successfully. And this was perhaps the first of his major campaigns. So I think, apart from anything else, Babbage was a bit contra. He liked to adopt a position which was against the prevailing establishment. Now, I'm not saying he went looking for these fights, but sometimes it feels a little like that. And when he found a cause, he grabbed it with both hands and pursued it, in fact, in the case of the engines, till he died.
1: And the difference engine, Darren, you've led to the building of one of these. Does it work?
0: Absolutely. It works exactly as intended. There were very few modifications to be made. There were no design modifications to be made or the only modifications were the kinds of engineering things one would do in constructing anything. Um, you know, something needed to be tweaked or tuned. Logically, the thing is absolutely intact. One small correction. 1812 was the date mentioned. The Genesis episode is 1821, spring, summer 1821. The 1812 episode in Cambridge is, seems to be apocryphal. It was something he was reminded of later in his life of which he had no recollection and didn't lead or stimulate him to build an engine. If there were incipient ideas, then he he had no recollection of it. The verified episode was the great one uh, captured in a vignette of, of Babbage and John Herschel, his great friend, the astronomer, sitting in 1821 in London, checking mathematical tables calculated by hand. And that was the springboard. That was the jumping off point for this great epiphany
2: that you could actually mechanize mathematics. Uh, I think also we ought to understand that there are two kinds of machine in play here. And to call the difference engine a computer is is really quite a misunderstanding. It's a, it's a special purpose calculator which can be applied in quite a general way. The analytical engine, which is the machine on which the basis of the notions about computing and, and the precedents in that area are based, that comes later. So the difference engine, the best way to explain what it does is If anybody has put a trend line into Excel, that's fitting a particular style of curve to some arbitrary function. And that's what the Difference Engine is designed to do. And it mechanizes a process that was being used to produce tables of all kinds of functions in the 18th century, but by hand. And it's that transition from doing things by hand to doing things with a special purpose calculator, which could only do that one thing. Also, I don't believe it's fair to say that Babbage's engines were never built because a substantial part of the first difference engine was completed.
1: And and why didn't he actually complete the whole thing?
2: The received perception is that the machines
0: were not buildable because the requisite precision was not achievable because of limitations of engineering. There was no standardisation. So you couldn't make a nut in Manchester and a bolt in London and expect them to fit. So when you need a large number of repeat parts, you have to make them one by one. And he relied on an engineer, Joseph Clement, who was possibly exploiting the situation by extending the contract And the upshot of it was that Babish lost credibility because it was taking very long. It took over 11 years to make half the number of parts he needed for his first engine. And it was costing a fortune and the government was paying for it. And so there were questions in in the House of Commons and elsewhere, basically discrediting the whole enterprise. And so uh, the reasons are complex. If we're talking about limitations of technology, we should not equate that with achievable precision because they could make parts as precisely as they needed to.
1: Computer pioneers today uh, are often celebrities. What was the attitude to Babbage at the time? Was he a really grand figure of his day?
2: He seems to have been everything at various points. He's clearly a figure of fun at some point. He picked fights with street entertainers who then taunted him mercilessly. He is also seen as a grand figure worthy of public honour. He lived a long time, and just as we remember Victoria as this very regal figure, and yet at times in her life she was not popular in public, I think Babbage's popularity waxed and waned as well. It has to be said, though, that after the debacle of the first Difference Engine, which is the machine we're currently talking about, he really withdrew and began to work in a rather solitary fashion, and yet at the same time had a very active place in society and that led to contact with all kinds of interesting people including Ada Lovelace. But many of the, uh, the key intellectuals of the time would have attended parties or soirees at Babbage's home and in fact seen the fragment of this first difference engine that we've talked about in action he would demonstrate it to them.
1: Ada Lovelace, I'm personally very interested in. Darren. I think there's some controversy about how important her work actually was. What's your view on her contribution?
0: She is widely celebrated and justly so, but for the wrong reasons. There are four things she is commonly celebrated for. One is she's supposedly the first programmer. Two, she was a mathematical genius. Three, she had a major influence in the design of Babbage's engines. And four, she was a prophet of the computer age. And the first three of those have absolutely no foundation in historical evidence. So we should actually separate out the idea she was the first programmer. There are understandable reasons why people think that, but um, the manuscript evidence is absolutely incontrovertibly the case that Baby was writing programs six years before Lovelace was was on the scene. The profit of the computer age is one that is a more difficult one to articulate, but actually is vastly more important than any contribution she supposedly made to programming. She was the one who not only saw what was significant about the analytical engine, but she saw why what was significant was important. She saw the prospects and potential of machine computation in ways that Babbage never did. Babbage was technocentric. He saw the engines as a new technology for mathematics. He did not see engines as being beyond number, as it were. Now, that may sound quite uh, a narrow and critical thing to say, but mathematics was regarded as the grammar of the world. So once you can do mathematics on the machine, you had a machine that was actually mirroring the world directly. Lovelace is less hardware-oriented than application-oriented. She's saying that what is important about this as a new class of objects, this computer was different in kind from everything that had gone before. What was significant about it was that it could manipulate representations of the world contained in symbols. The machine can only operate on numbers. That's all a computer can do. Now, if you assign meaning to the number, you call it a note of music or or a letter of the alphabet, and the machine manipulates it according to rules, you then map that meaning back to the world, and you've got the machine saying things about the world. So she was the first one to articulate a very fundamental idea that number could represent entities other than quantity. And that was her vision. And she's not just suggesting this. She's actually thumping the table and saying, this is what is important. So she absolutely is deserved of being celebrated in the way she is, but not for the reasons usually given.
1: She was the daughter, I believe, of one of the great writers of the time, uh, Lord Byron. Are you saying that her contribution is is in her thinking and writing more than in her maths?
0: Absolutely. She wrote of herself in a rather apparently self-aggrandizing way. She spoke about her own genius. Think about in the 19th century, genius meant innate talent doesn't mean what we think, the weight that we give to the notion of genius. So she's regarded as something rather preposterously self-important. And it's it's not the case at all. 2015 was the bicentenary of her birth. And it's only last year that actually her mathematical writings were looked at. And the conclusion is uh, she's no fool, but equally she's no genius. From where I'm sitting, she appears to be a very promising novice. But to call her a mathematician, is stretching it a bit because Babbage was a mathematician. He published uh, 13 papers before he was 30. But he was not a great mathematician. He left no lasting legacy. He discovered no new theorems. So I, I think it's something to do with the need for our age to, if not exaggerate, at least attribute genius in order to justify historical prominence. There is enough reason for Lovelace to be prominence without having to
2: call her a mathematical genius.
1: Adrian, do you think that's fair? Yes, I
2: think think Ada was at the level of a good undergraduate who, with training, might have gone on to a research career in a modern context. Can't really tell. The educational system at the time, of course, didn't sustain that kind of development for a, a woman in any case. So we will never know what she might have done. There is insight there, but it almost seems occasionally that people can't use the word mathematical without attaching genius to it. The idea that there might actually be not particularly good mathematicians out there in the world doing their stuff doesn't seem to fly. But that is how it is. And, you know, certainly Babbage's own mathematical career hasn't left much of a trace, but he was much more sophisticated mathematically than uh, Ada was. But what she might have become, who knows? And we must remember her mother was mathematically trained as well. Uh, this is very culturally unusual. So it's, it's very dangerous, I think, to back project modern ideas onto those times.
1: Aside from the partnership with Ada, I have the impression that Babbage was, was a disputatious loner. Do you think that's fair? And do you think that those are still the characteristics that one sees in pioneers of computer science these days, <laughs> Do you want to
0: have a go at that? Uh, the, the, the first biographer of Babbage, Maybeth Mosley, called her book, as 1963, The Irascible Genius. And for all the research into Babbage since, that label has stuck. That seems to be a pretty effective strapline for him. Whether that's true of all pioneers is difficult to say. You have to have something special to do something special, perhaps. <laughs> and uh, certainly Babbage, uh, disputation I would say probably, yes. He was fiercely principled beyond reason. His friends could do no wrong. His enemies could do no right. So he didn't understand that was actually politically vastly more important for his own credibility to complete a machine, the design of which was obsolete, to complete that first, even though his ideas had superseded this. He felt, as an issue of principle, he should notify the government, he invented another engine, and it was better that they scrap the 17,500 pounds they'd spent, which in modern times is around 200 million. They should scrap this investment and pursue something which was rather vaguely specified. So I think his disputatiousness did not arise necessarily from um, a character flaw. It was the way he pursued what he regarded as issue of principle. He attacked the Royal Society for the governance of science in, in England. He was the fan terrible of
2: science in England, right right well into adulthood.
1: Adrian, do you think you'd uh, you'd have liked working with him, or would you rather observe him at a distance?
2: (laughs) I've encountered people who've achieved great things, who have characters that uh, resonate with Babbage's, and you're always pleased to have met them, but I think collaborating with them would be quite... Trying. And I think it's also worth saying that this streak of Babbage's was visible very early on. I mean, he had an extremely rocky relationship with his father, who was a banker. And Babbage married suddenly without giving much notice, even to his friends. And this was a source of continuing dispute. Nevertheless, when his father died, he left him a substantial amount of money. So it's worth remembering that Babbage had private means. Although there was a vast amount of government money spent on the first project, Babbage was able to pursue his Interests freely thereafter. He didn't have to earn a living and he was able to employ draftsmen and people to work for him, even without the government money. And I think it's fair to say that Babbage put a lot of money into the first project, too. So he saw money as a means to an end. He had principles, he had things he was trying to achieve. He was clearly absolutely driven.
1: Thank you to our guests, Adrian Johnston and Doran Swade. That's all for this episode of Babbage. We hope you enjoyed learning about the man behind the name. If you have any thoughts about this week's program, please do email them through to radio at economist.com. In London, this is The Economist.
0: Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation partnering with bank of america gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools award-winning insights and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter visit bank of banking for business to learn more what would you like the power to do bank of america na copyright 2024